Now then, Lids, if you'd like to support the podcast, please visit patreon.com slash haveawordpod and sign up. Everyone that signs up on Patreon will get discounts for merch, discounts for live shows, also early availability on content and tickets. And this is the big one. You will get the Wednesday afternoon Patreon-exclusive episode. So Monday's episode is for everybody. Fridays, that's for every motherfucker as well. But Wednesday's episode is only on Patreon. Sign up at patreon.com slash haveawordpod. What's happening, guys? It's Adam here. Just a quick word from our sponsors before we kick off today's episode. That is Beer52.com. Beer52 is the UK's most popular craft beer discovery club. They're number one, baby. And they'll send you some amazing beers every month, and you can rate and review them via their website to earn points and rewards. Now, every month's beers that you get sent will have a brand new theme. Past themes have been the beers of Germany, California, Belgium, Korea, New Zealand, South Africa, and many, many more. And they've kindly given our listeners an exclusive offer. You'll get a free case of eight beers and award-winning beer magazine and a tasty snack the second you sign up they'll send them out in the post here and you can't catch corona from the post all you have to do is pay a few quid for the delivery and you can cancel or pause your membership at any time sign up now at beer52.com slash word that's our exclusive link that's b-e-e-r 52.com slash w-o-r-d you'll claim your free case of beer and for every person that signs up via that link only they slide us a little bit of money that supports the podcast it helps us out it's win-win so do us a favour, pause the pod here, go and do that now, and then enjoy the episode. Nice one. See you in a bit. Fucking did it in one take, bro. Yeah, man. Now, I'm getting the word nuts. <gasps> Cha! Upset me, nasty bitch. Catch me outside, how about that? I'm big boned. I'm heavy structure. I'm hung low. If I pull my shit out, this whole room get dark. Disgusting! Follow us on social media at HaverWordPod. And don't forget to watch our very funny podcast videos on YouTube. You can subscribe at youtube.com forward slash HaverWordPod. They go by Alan and Dave, Aaron and Dean, Grandad and the Yeti, or even Chanel and Denise. But what's for sure is they are the funniest leads in the podcast game. Don't be a Tory. Down your tabo shandy and tell a friend. This is Hava Wad. Oh, hello. Mama like that. Mama like that. Oh, Adam's wearing his fucking sexy Andy Warhol two-pack t-shirt. I can't hear you, but I know you're being a cunt. Oh, <laughs> I'm genuinely. I've already pressed record, and I'm really glad that everyone heard that. That's not that's not the mood I'm in today. Still, he still can't hear me. Genuinely, I've just been laughing because I'm already recording, and I was like, "Oh, hello!" And I was literally going, "Oh, I like his T-shirt." Mama like that. Mama like that. And I was like, "Oh, it's a nice two-pack, Andy." And you were like, "I can't hear you, but I know you're being a cunt." I was like, "I was being really nice, actually." Well, that says more about you than it does about me. That says that you're nasty to me more often than you're nice, and that's why I assumed it. Yeah, that's right. I'm arguing like a fucking woman. Jesus Christ. Right in that situation, I was a bell end, wasn't I? I was a bell end, but I turned it round and made you look like the bell end, like a fucking woman does. I've been gaslighted. Am I being gaslighted? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Adam, I am in a fucking good mood. Oh, I feel 
Matt, I feel fucking great. Did you get laid last night? No. <laughs> no. No. And don't get me wrong, that would have been an absolute touch. My darling wife, if you're listening, anytime you want, see you before Christmas. But I've been out for a bit of exercise. I've jiggled my tits around the village. And I have started to believe that we are going to one meter and I think venues are going to be open from the start of July. I, th- I think uh, it's about to go down. But there's a lot of venues that can't. Okay, okay, okay. I get it. I get there's some that can't, but I'm telling you, I think today's press conference, they've just turned the little, like, fucking number blocks meter down from to three, which is like, instead of like, it's like, and I think that's them going... You know what's really fucking annoying? Go on. Really annoying. Right. You see what you've just done? You've just... I'm just going to verbatim repeat back to you what you've just said. Right. They've turned it down from four to three, which means it's not... It's now... Right. And we've been doing this podcast so intensely and so often that what you've just said makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And I knew exactly what you fucking meant. <laughs> You're in my mind. I'm in your mind. We're gaslighting each other. I think I think he's going to say that it's one meter, and I think some venues are going to be able to open from the start of July. Some won't. I think some will, and I am not saying that, that is all good. There's going to be a lot of people who hear that and go, "That's reckless. It's dangerous." But I think there's also a lot of people who are like, "We have to get moving, and people are going to have to take re- personal responsibility." And daddy wants to fucking make some money from the comedy before A, he forgets how to do comedy and B, I spend the fucking savings on Amazon. I need some <laughs> income. It's all fucking outgoing. I tell you what, right? I am, um, last night I did a gig. I am, um, I went to Hot Water last night. So... Uh, before this all kicked off, there was a gig booked on the Isle of Man, and it was sort of uh, an affiliate of Hot Water Comedy Club. They weren't running it, but there was a guy on the Isle of Man who wanted a gig at his like pub or whatever. So Hot Water booked it, and they specifically asked for me when when it was booked because Paul Smith was not available. <laughs> um, I was in their price range. But, I'm, I'm about um, six down that list as well. It goes Paul Adam. And Freddie, Danny, then a couple of other names. I'm like, I'm at eighth or ninth. I'm pushing for Europa in hot water priority. Um, and so the gig got cancelled. But right now, the Isle of Man is COVID free and there's no social distancing. On the Isle of Man, everything's open. No social distancing in place at all. So he messaged me true? last week. Yeah, 100%. Is it shut so, down travel-wise? No. He messaged me last Just- week. I'm- <laughs> Just no one wants like, to go, so they don't need to shut it down. <laughs> I was like, no one's going to visit, are they? He messaged me and was like, uh, we're open again, so do you want to come over and do this gig? We can just reschedule it for next week, and I'm pretty sure we'll just be able to sell the tickets. And I was like, mate, I'm sorry, but I don't feel comfortable getting on a fucking plane at the minute. I don't know whether I'll have to quarantine when I get back, blah, 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 blah. So he got into some hot water. And what they did last night was, you know, like all these Zoom gigs that have been done? They did one of them but exclusively streamed to his pub. Amazing. So Danny McLaughlin compared 
uh, Jamie Sutherland opened, Freddie Quinn went on second, and I closed the night out. A hot water to no audience. Now, as our listeners and you are aware, since lockdowns happened, there's been a lot of gigs like this, most of them done via Zoom in the comfort of your own home. Hot Water and the Stand Comedy Club have started doing them at the venue. Um, and the reason I said yes to this one is twofold. First of all, I didn't want to say no to Paul Blair, who owns Hot Water Comedy Club again. I've turned down a lot of what he sent my way over the, the lockdown, and I owe that club a lot. I literally owe them most of my career. They've been amazing for me, so I was like, okay. And also... This guy specifically wanted me. And I was like, if I'm going to do one of these Zoom gigs, instead of doing one that gets publicly broadcast to fucking everyone, I'd rather do it, if it's going to be shit, and I'm not going to enjoy it, I'd rather it just be to 40 people in a pub on the Isle of Man. <laughs> Who will right? love it. You know they'll love it. But no exactly. one can watch it on YouTube after the fact. 100%. And I did it last night. And being back in a comedy club and just having a couple of me mates there was so much fun just bitching when someone else is on stage, knowing they're bitching about you when you're on. It was just fun. That was really good. But it has not made me want to do another gig. It's, it's not the same. It's not right. Performance, no audience, and just pausing for effect. It was weird. And I have forgotten every fucking joke I've ever written. <laughs> so, you know, I did, you know, I did the COVID arms for Kiri a couple of weeks ago yeah. and we've had a few listeners. I've had tweets saying, oh, we loved it. And I, I'm literally the podcast. I was like, hi, I'm Dan Nightingale. I start literally on the video in front of this sign going, oh, what's this behind me? Oh, I've got a podcast. I was like, there was 4,000 people watching. I was like, I was letting everyone know. For the, for the benefits of our listeners, the COVID Arms, which Dan has just referenced, is a virtual pub that was set up by comedian uh, Kiri Pritchard-McLean, who started about a similar time to me. She's from North Wales, and she set up this thing, and they, they take donations, don't they, for this uh, event that's on every week. It's like a donation ticket in it, yeah. Big name comedians on, uh, and what they do is they split it 50-50, Half goes to the comedians, half goes to the Trussell Trust. Is that right? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. Um, which is a, a great thing. And yeah, so what was that like? Were you, so you were sat there, but were you doing stand-up? Is that the idea of it? Were you yeah, it's a... It's a, it's a, it's a it, she... I mean, Kiri's one of the hardest workers. And she's also... Me and Danny Matt talked about this a couple of years ago. She was, we're trying to describe her, because we're both mates with her. She's one of the best fucking plate spinners in the whole industry you like she makes comics that are like I do stand up like and what else and just stand up well I do a stand up and a podcast and she's like well what else you're like nothing she's got like seven fucking plates spinning she's incredible for that and as soon as it hit she used all the contacts and all her nows to start basically a live stream a live stream comedy gig and branded it as a pub like it's the COVID arms it's like a pub but really it's just one of these Zoom gigs. You and me have worked so hard on this pod. I think we must be up at around the 55... How many episodes have we done in a shutdown? 60? No, 50-odd. We must be... 50, I yeah. think, because... I think we were on, like, episode 13 or 14 when yeah. we when we went... Because it was, like, the end of March, wasn't it? And we didn't start till the middle of January. And we've done and four or five Patreon episodes... It's 50-odd. But she, shut down. she just went straight for stream gig, stream gigs. 
It's literally taken some comedy clubs till like two weeks ago to start thinking about doing a stream gig. It's amazing yeah. if you just hit the ground running what you can achieve. Three to four thousand people pay to watch it, either um, in the front row, which is a bit more, and then there's like a stream and there's a, a code to it. And, and you and me have, well, it's like the same as all of these Zoom meetings where they pay extra and then they're in the front row and they and they can be taught to. So the oh, guy so they're like they can be interacted with. So but everyone so, else who pays is just seeing the stream. Amazing, amazingly well done. And like you and me said, because we when we when this kicked off, Adam was like, "I'm not doing one of the live stream gigs," and I was like, "Well, neither am I. I've done two pre-record things: one for John Richardson, one for the stand." That's easy because pre-records, you just get to do three to five minutes of stand-up and if it's gone wrong, you press delete and you do it again. So much control in that. That's like having a fucking... That's like one of those Adam Sandler films with like a rewind button. Like it's genius. <laughs> God, if you could have had that for every gig you've ever had. Um, but yeah, the stream gigs, I've just avoided them because I'm like, yeah, it's like... what's the, There's so many analogies, but like Adam just said about it's not the same... It's like sex without a condom compared to sex in like a hazmat suit. It it, it is sort <laughs> of the same, but it's definitely not the real deal. The COVID arms was, I think, really really friendly, and that was that was just a a way better atmosphere than oh I don't know. Like it's just a it it's been it was easy because Kiri made it easy because she's a mate and there's no pressure. But I just, I saw it for what it was and like it was three and a half thousand people watching and a chance to like sell the podcast. I was like, I can't remember my new bits. I can't try new stuff. And at one point I was like, she laughed at one of my bits because you can see her on the screen. I was like, that's very generous, Kiri, because that's eight years old, that bit. It's like one of my oldest intro bits. And she was like, oh, it's great. I was like, yeah, but you've seen it 180 times. And she was like, yeah, that's fine. I was like, I just didn't want to do new stuff. She was like, you could do new stuff. I'm not going in front of three and a half thousand people to be like, hi guys. Hi everyone. Oh, oh who's on after me? Frankie Boyle. <laughs> well, let me tell you what I've been uh, thinking about. Um, I feel nervous about shaking hands with black guys. Okay. Maybe another different <laughs> bit of new material. Oh God, not that one. It's just the wrong time to try new bits, isn't it? And I just played it safe with the short, funny stuff that I knew. But like Adam said, there's a bit where you're going, well, hang on, where does this end, this bit? You know the start, you know the name of the bit, and then you're like, where does this end? And I think... Well, I also, I, I last night, I was pretty conscious, and this is stupid, because it was 40 people in the Isle of Man. But for me, I was like, I don't want to do any jokes I've put on me special. Oh, I, I, they, they're dead, so I tried to avoid them. But And I did... I think I did like two or three lines in 20 minutes, two or three lines that are on the special. But there's a bit that I did last night where I have to really commit to it. And normally with the energy of the room, the, the committing to the bit really helps. But I thought, you know what? If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it fucking properly. And I committed like fuck to that bit. And it just made me feel really odd at the end. <laughs> because as I got to the end of the bit and I've put like this rambunctious rollicking energy into this set to a room full of two people and gone better 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 and a punchline 
you know? Do you know who you don't want? Do you know who you don't want in the back of the room at that point? Freddie Quinn and Danny fucking Mac at the back, like <laughs> as you're giving it everything, and you've got two of your mates yeah. at the back, like uh, Berland. Well, luckily, Freddie left to get his train before the end of my set, so that was helpful. What was really funny with Freddie, though, me and Danny both looked at each other because everyone was nervous, which is weird. I was more nervous for last night's gig than I was going on at the Royal Albert Hall <laughs> to, to do that gig, and I'm not even messing. And you could tell Danny was more nervous than I've ever seen him, even though he's done 10 of these now, and Freddie's done a few of them, and he was nervous. And when you're nervous, you make little basic errors. And me and Danny were fucking pissing ourselves at something Freddie did. I've got to tell you this. Oh, yeah. So he's it. got this bit about um, how lazy he's been in shutdown, right? And he goes, <laughs> This is so fucking stupid. He goes, One day I know my grandkids, grandkids, I know my grandkids are going to say, Uncle Freddy. <laughs> what did you do during the shutdown? <laughs> right. Can I just say, if we if we ever do have a word, pure stand-up shows, not the podcast record, if we just get Freddy, Sean McLaughlin, Alfie Brown, all these names that we've mentioned loads to do stand-up I would love the ability to heckle with my soundboard <laughs> I think I want to tech it more than I actually want to like host it like could you imagine if he just said like oh, I was so lazy very lazy and I was like I said to my grandkids and they'll say Uncle Freddy and at the back I'll be like order order I order <laughs> um has it made has it is it not made you excited that genuinely there is now talk of some venues putting gigs on from the start of July? I'm, I'm so, 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 so excited for that. But another reason I did last night more than I did anywhere else is I thought being on stage at my favourite comedy club, my home club, with the tech set up that I knew Hot Wars would have in place, which they have, I thought that would be the best way to do it. And I was right. It absolutely is the best way to do it. And it would have been better if I had a front row, which yeah. they have been doing a hot water. So on a Saturday night, they do have people on the front row of this thing. Um, yeah, I was there like, at the one that didn't work. <laughs> do you remember? Like, I told you the all the bugs yeah, now, right? But last night computer. they didn't do it because they couldn't get the tech set up in the Isle of Man. So the only, I would be tempted at hot water to do another one if there was a front row just to try it and see what it's like but hot water's tech setup is incredible what they've done is brilliant and if you're going to watch any of these gigs I'd encourage you to watch theirs because they're really making a go of this but I really don't want to do another one myself it's just not the same and I, f I feel like I feel like I've been in a a relation it's like trying to come off heroin with fucking Senecot. That's <laughs> <laughs> some good shit, boy. <laughs> oh, you're a crack addict. Have you tried strepsils? <laughs> <laughs> tried smoking a bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, well, bring on them. It's going to be 
if some venues can't open and others can, there is going to be much far fewer gigs. There's going to be way less gigs available, and it's going to be like, have you ever been to like <laughs> wherever they've got fish in a pond? And then someone just throws a couple of breadcrumbs in, and the shitloads of fish just rush to the fucking service, and they see the big, big fish coming. It's going to be a feeding frenzy. And in theory, the higher you are up the league table, which isn't, by the way, it's not published anywhere. It's just a weird thing that we've got in our heads, and promoters sort of prioritize certain acts over others. I think the headliners are going to get the first bits of work, aren't they? And if you're an up and coming act or like, sorry, go on. I, I think so. And selfishly, I hope so. Um, and if, you, if you're a middle or an up and coming act or a less established act and you're like, oh, it's fucking bullshit. That's absolutely bullshit. So how long until I get bookings? I had this thought, which is brutal. I'd let that happen because essentially the headliners, the big, the big fish are going to be a test case of whether COVID-19 one meter socially distanced comedy gigs work. Cause if we all get the virus and we're dead in a month and a half, there's going to be loads of fucking spots available. And honestly, even though I am a headliner, there's a part of me thinks that would be so good. If you're like, what was the bill meant to be? Well, it was meant to be Rob Rouse, <laughs> Mick Ferry, Joe Caulfield, Steve Gribben didn't make it. So, who's closing? Freddie Quinn, the late Freddie, finally closing. <laughs> oh. oh, fuck me. All right, lad, let's have a little word from our sponsors. I've got tons of ting. Shout out to Trans Alloy Wheels. Alloy wheel refurbishments, car bodywork and customisation services in Leeds and throughout West Yorkshire. These guys are a well-trusted family business. They do exceptional work. If you want your wheels and bodywork jazzing up and you're anywhere in the north, go and see Charlie and the boys at Trans Alloy Wheels. They're good guys. They can make your motor look better. They can add value to your car. They do insurance work. They do powder coating, diamond cutting, painting. They do new tyres, acid stripping, shot blasting, tyre fitting and and removal these guys are wheel wizards if you've got cracks in your bodywork they can well repair them and they do insurance gigs and the best part is have a word listeners get 25% off fucking everything the main thing is Charlie and the guys at Transilo Wheels have supported us during the Rona they've sponsored this podcast and we want to support them we can't go and get our cars sorted just yet as soon as the Rona's done I'm going in the meantime I'm going to follow them online we'd love it if you could do it as well on Facebook they're Transilo wheels that's all one word trans alloy all one word wheels give them a like give them a follow they're on twitter at trans alloy w trans alloy w and have a look for trans alloy wheels on instagram they've shown this podcast some love let's show them some love back all right back to the pod your ma and da listen to have a word Okay, so you've prepped today's episode, right? Yeah. However, however, just before we go into your thing, I was on Twitter before and someone I know from way back had put a would you rather on his Twitter feed. Nice. And we haven't done it yet. And I just want to fire it at you. I literally seen it about 10 minutes before the episode. Because I know you love would you rather so much. I've set up a load as well. 
Yes. But all from listeners. These are all from listeners. Would you rather have no arms or no dick? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I'll tell you right now, I'd go no arms. Just so that when I do a dive and editing football, I look like a javelin. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine the fucking speed you'd get at a dive and editing with no arms. (laughs) Especially you. A bald, no-armed man oh. is, like, perfect for fucking... As long as, right. as long as I didn't have an erection, there'd be no splash. Like a fucking Mazda. Having cotton <laughs> through the... <laughs> oh, my God. But how desperate for sex would you be? How would you masturbate? Like... Oh, by the way, it was specified as well on the tweet, you've still got your balls. So, so, so you <laughs> need to masturbate, and you've got no... No arms. And oh. as we know, if you don't get your come out, your balls just end up fucking enormous. They just get stored up, remember? Oh my god. You'd be you'd be you'd be I don't even know what you'd do. What would you'd you do? Space up and away though, couldn't you? Got a built in like, space up. My wife would be like, Where's him? They've just taken I took took the washing out of the washing machine about half an hour ago. Where is it? And there'd just be me. <laughs> Round the back of the kitchen, like trying to hump the fucking wet washing. <laughs> Dirty. Oh, that would be torture. But then again, being a GI Joe smoothed over on the crotch is just fucking weird, isn't it? Well, obviously it's weird. I reckon we're much closer to having robotic arms than we are to having robotic dicks. You know what I mean? I'd love a robot dick. <laughs> like I, a fucking transformer. You could definitely. We're like a few years away, Max, from being able to just get like a fuck, like like we're toys, just being able to go right. Your arms off, kid. But here's a better one. They just stick it into your shoulder, and you've got an arm. It's going to be a while before they they get the nerve and then try for that to be a dick, isn't it? <laughs> like it's harder to make a computerized penis than a computerized arm. Yeah. Imagine if a, f- a fault in that you're just on the bus and your robot dicks fucking banging the seat in front of you like what's that and before anyone tweets in going there's already robot dicks they're called dildos and rampant rabbits Mm. no I'm not saying just a fucking phallic thing I'm talking like where you could tickle the end of it and it gets you all excited yeah but hang on you would have it wouldn't you I mean you're not just going to get your little this is, we've got so many options, Mr. O, and I'm so sorry about the operation. <laughs> it's a terrible bicycle accident. I don't... Lost your full dick, but not balls. But here at Dickbotics, we are here to help. Um, we can attach a robot dick to your mom's pubis <laughs> and, and to your balls, fully functioning, Um just want to talk you through the sizes we've got available. We've got um, the petite, just for, you know, the realist. We've got the average, which, according to most men in the UK, is six and a half, question marks. Or we've got the destroyer. It's up to you, really. Not a big difference in price range, but the destroyer does have sat-nav. Well, can I ask um, Mr Nightingale, um, Uh, is there an option to have them uh, interchangeable depending on the size of the fanny 
I'm dealing with. <laughs> wow, wasn't expecting that terminology here. <laughs> even <laughs> even though I work for a robot dick company, I found that a little bit crass. Yes, there is like on a D DSLR camera, there's a mount for different lenses. <laughs> <laughs> we do that as well. So you can uh, you can have petite, you can have the average or the destroyer. Just click, you know, click them on. Or <laughs> you could have one for vaginas and one for buttholes as well. What? You want it you want it slightly smaller for the arsehole, don't you? Because it's hit it hurts sometimes when you bum them. Oh yeah. Petite. You get the petite on. Yeah. Get the Dan Nightingale. Four, four and a half inches. Okay. That banter just ended up making me feel sad. <laughs> Would you uh, Mike follows says would you rather have 10 million pounds but lockdown last another 10 years or 500,000 pounds and it ends tomorrow 500,000 pounds and it ends tomorrow yeah it's too there's long there's only so it? much stuff I can buy from Amazon it's too 10 years is where is where Mike went wrong can I just say Mike follows loads of really good suggestions we have a ton of things coming un into us. If you have an idea for anything you'd like me and Adam to talk about, have a word pod at gmail.com. There's about 12 listeners who are essentially producers of this show. They're coming up with all <laughs> sorts of content. And Mike's one of them. I think... You right now, if, if it was longer than a month, now. Mm. If it was longer I than think two a year. months... I think a year is the... No. Is the no, so if if the option is five hundred grand and it ends tomorrow, or ten million and it lasts a year, I'm still taking the five hundred grand. Right, it's a lot in it. All right, it, I'm gonna a little t Mike. Apologies, but I'm tweaking. Right, ten million pounds, but lockdown lasts a year, or fifty thousand pounds and it ends tomorrow. Fifty thousand and it ends tomorrow. Fifth, just Adam. £50,000, not to be sniffed at. It's not to be sniffed at. But £10 million. You just have to do another year. £10 no. million. I don't want to do another year. I know it you don't want to, but £10 fucking million. That's like... That's a lot of million. Actually, it? no. Yeah, £10 million. Go on, why? Because what changed your mind then? Because I'd do a fucking Dave Chappelle, I'd get a fucking boss house, and I'd build a gig in my back garden. You can do that with ten million. Uh, P.S. You want to see the fucking adverts we have on Facebook for this podcast with ten million quid in the bank? Because that's the, <laughs> that's the only way you get fucking views for your videos on Facebook. Yeah. Our studio would look fucking phenomenal, and that would be <laughs> lockdown accessible. You would be in my fucking studio. Yeah, I'm sorry. That was stupid. 10 million. I just want lockdown over so much that I was blindsided for a second. I was like, no, doesn't matter. I want it over tomorrow. But with 10 million, you can do so much and make lockdown work for you. 10 oh, million. my God. For 10 million, my th big thing is if I won a load of money, child care, you'd be like, but you couldn't do anything about it in the shutdown. You could. I could buy my sister-in-law for a year. I'd be like, Becca, bring your child, bring you. We need help. We'll fucking heat stamp them as they walk in. 
Get the nostril test going. You're COVID free. Come here. How much do you get for a year? Is 80 grand. Just help me look after this fucking three-year-old. And I might even get a robot dick in shutdown. Just to say, I, honestly, is it an option? Are we there yet with the technology? 10 million quid's got to be... Uh, I'm getting the destroyer. Um, that's a good one, Mike. He's quite money-oriented. Uh, See, I'm now at that stage. You know, like when you have a dream that you win the lottery and you wake up and you're pissed off that it isn't real? That's now happening to me in real life because now I'm fucking annoyed that I haven't got 10 million quid to build a fucking comedy club in the garden. I'm the same. I feel sad that I haven't got a robot dick. <sighs> For just ten million pounds, you can help Adam and Dan survive lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Please for signing up to the PayPal.com <laughs> slash Adam Rogue Comedy. We're so, we're, we're starting Come a on, message crowd me funder. No, and ask for me PayPal because he said. He enjoyed me special so much. He wanted to send me 50 quid. And I was like, do us a favor, lad. Subscribe to me podcast. Become a Patreon if you want. Uh, but I don't want 50 quid for me special. It's far too much. Uh, and just come and see me live when it's over. That's nice, that, isn't it? That is tremendous. Yeah. Tremendous. At what value, <laughs> now we're doing the money, at what price would you have had to go... Fucking hell, that's stick that in. <laughs> All right. Tell you what, give half of that to the Trussell Trust. I'm not sure who they are either, but they sound very worthy. And stick up. If he'd have gone, I want to give you a thousand pounds, I'm doing fine. I'm doing well in life. And that special has made me laugh more than any comedy special I've seen for years. I'm just going to give you a grand because I want to support an up and coming talent. Of a fucking grand, mate. You take a grand right? for that. Oh, I would, yeah. Yeah, thanks. Because if someone's got a grand, then they don't need it. Um, <laughs> Freddie Quinn messaged me earlier. Oh, he messaged the, uh, the WhatsApp group that I'm in. And he's big into horse racing, Freddie. Now, I know that it's morally abhorrent, horse racing and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, um, <laughs> he put in the WhatsApp group, a few people that he follows, tipsters, are all raving about this horse that's racing at the 225 at the Royal Ascot called Golden Pal. Right. It's 14 to 1 to win. Right. And it's got a really good chance. So I messaged him. I went, lad, I don't want to set up an account because I'll just end up betting on loads of shit. But if I send you 100 quid, will you put 50 quid each way on that for me? And he said, yeah. And he did. And it led every second of the race and then lost by a fucking pube right at the end. Right? But it still came second. Now, if it had won, I was on for 940 quid. And I was like, I'm just going to spend that on a camera. Brand new fucking camera. Get it in the thing. It's, it. it's all free money, essentially. It comes second. So I essentially won 175 quid. But I owed Freddie 100 of it because he'd put the bet on for me and I hadn't sent him the money yet. So Freddie just asked me for me because I was like, 75 quid, lad. <laughs> send us it whenever and he was like just send me your address I'm going to send you a 75 quid surprise that's going to be cool isn't it mate <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's free yeah. money isn't it alright oh, yeah it is free money I suppose I wonder what the surprise is going to be 75 kinder eggs all smashed from the post <laughs> he sent um, Freddie used to be friends with Sophie Hagen now if you don't know who she is she's um, a, a comedian activist and fucking 
Bell End. Um, Hi, Sophie. And, but he used, he, he used to be friends with Sophie, and as a joke, he once sent her a box of dog shit in the post. <laughs> And his her agent thought it was like a fucking hate mail attack. <laughs> what? Why did he send a dog shit in the post? Because he was drunk and thought it'd be funny. Who who drunk posts? Who <laughs> I don't know. You know, like when people are like, oh, oh don't drunk text and don't drunk eBay. I've never heard of Dan. anyone hammered like, oh, let me get those stamps. Dan, you fucking absolute end yeah he didn't get his own dog shit and box it up right. and post it there's a website where you can post people dog shit right they do it for you i'm not, i'm i get it now i'm an absolute bell end but i am pretty confident that most of the people that heard that as you said it were like how the f- what did he put it in where did he did he have to go out for a walk with a shovel so at least half the people who heard that were like I think most people are well aware that there are websites that you can send animal feces from okay uh, I'm sorry I'm a balland dogshit.co.uk don't use .com it'll be foreign it'll be foreign dog shit and we want nothing to do with that Brexit means Brexit we use British dog shit to send to our Danish comedian friends Fucking ridiculous. Poosenders.com. Poop. Poopsenders.com. Poop Anonymous, anonymously send a package of poop. <laughs> I don't know. Anonymous. 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 I love anonymous. How much? What's the minimum? <laughs> oh, you can send elephant shit. Oh, fuck off. You can. So this is I'm a hunt. I swear to God, I'm on the website right now. Cow poo, you can send for either a quart or a gallon. A quart is seventeen dollars ninety five. A gallon is twenty seven. Elephant shit is eighteen ninety five, and a gallon is twenty eight. So it's a ten or more to go from a quart to a gallon. There's gorilla shit, a combo pack, which is all. Oh three yeah, that's nice. Like a taster selection, yeah. Yeah, how much but is you, yeah. how much is human? There isn't an option. The only three available are cow, elephant, and gorilla. Right. Well, that makes loads of sense. Are you on drugs? Are you on? What are you? Are you on the dark web? What's got? What is? I don't even know what the dark web is, but it sounded right. Uh, you, you don't believe me, do you? Poofsenders.com. I swear if, to God, if someone's made money from that and has bought a house off it and is living in 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 Poo Mansion. It's I've, a I've fucking disgrace. Link. Click the link. Disgrace. Disgusting. com. No. It's not real. If this comes up as real, I'm so... That is fucking... I'm going to say it. Disgusting! It's a real website. No. What's international... Po- right, okay. <laughs> what are we going... The combo... Pa- uh. Speaking of sending stuff in um, the post, uh, oh, I'm not, I can't look at that anymore. There's a girl called Sammy who, as you know, is sending me and you some cakes. She started her own bakery business, and I just wanted to give her a shout out. She's an avid fan of the podcast. She's been to see us on tour. Um, she's lovely, and uh, her Instagram is baked by Sammy Lou. So it's B A K E D B Y 
S A M M Y L O U. Um, and yes, yeah, she is sending me and Dan some free cakes. We'll let you know if they're tasty when we get them. I'm just going to have a little bit of one because obviously still dieting. But oh, yeah. Jade is a brownie whore. So she'll be a good reviewer for that. But yeah, she's a brownie whore, is she? She's a brownie whore, yeah. She's a brownie whore. Okay. Yeah. That's her model's got the window for the brownie. She doesn't care if they're vegan or not because it's fucking too good, isn't it, kid? Put the dead animals in me brownies. I'll fucking scram a lot of them. It sounds um, like a very specific search on Pornhub, that, doesn't it? Like a Brit, like brownie whore. She's gone down to the brownie meeting and they're talking about needlework, but she just wants a big needle. And then there's girl guides noshing off. I two think guys. you're watching too much porn. Yeah, if your, if your brain immediately goes to that. Brownie whore. No one else thought brownie whore. I, what? Before, at the start of this pod, there was beautiful synchronicity. And now, I'm questioning poop senders. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the merch. The merch. Ladies and gentlemen, good worders. We have had a little rejig on the merchandise website, haveawordpod.com. So, go on there, have a look. We've worked out a way of doing free postage and packaging. So, from now on, from here on in, all the items available on the merch store are free PMP. Go and have a look at haveawordpod.com. We've got mugs, we've got hoodies, we've got T-shirts. Go and have a look. We'd really appreciate it. It would help support the pod. And um, We will be running a competition yeah. soon as well with the merch because... Um, there's a colour that is going to be exclusive to me and Dan. Me and Dan are getting an orange hoodie each with the full Haveaway branding, but we've ordered one extra of those hoodies and we'll have a competition coming up next week uh, or the week after maybe where we'll give you information on how to enter and win the one of three hoodies so you can be just like me and Dan. Uh, yeah, for now, go and have a look at the merch that is available. And yeah. order some, please, because we've sold quite a lot so far and we're still £500 in debt to it. <laughs> It's fine. It's massively appreciated if you've already ordered. It was a pre-sale, uh, and the order is in with the people who supply the merch. So that's on its way. As soon as it's here, it will get sent out to you. Um, yeah, it's just it, it. It means a lot that people have already bought stuff. Have a look, see what you think. And I and think one final thing from me on the merch thing before I forget is that. Uh, when we changed the Patreon structures, we told all our Patreon ten pounders that they were going to get a free signed poster. That is still happening. We will contact you about that shortly, but we can't do that until me and Dan are back in the same room together because there's just too much postage and packaging that involved in sending it to me, sending it to him. It's a ball like that won't be too long from now, and you are getting your poster. We promise it's on its way. Just a bit of patience, please. Yeah, it's it's basically shut down rules have just screwed everything up a little bit, but. We're all looking forward to be back on normal working hours and, and getting posters out to people. And we had this in... of our YouTube channel, baby. It's going to oh, be fucking yeah. beautiful. Um, we've had this in from Kieran Gibson, and it's a little bit of a wordy one, but there's a lot to break down in this one. I, I love Kieran. I love this email, and I think Adam's going to enjoy it as well. He says, hey, Angus and Di... Well, th that is one of the more ridiculous ones we've had. I'm a maths teacher in a local secondary school and have always been interested in the science of how comedians develop their work. I guess there's an, em an element of enjoying the algorithmic nature of some of it, which appeals to the mathematical side of my brain. Is this true for you, Adam? As I recall, you previously spoke about your mathematical abilities uh, in episodes gone by 
And then he's put in brackets, happy to hear from you too, Dan, of course. I'm like, yeah, that's clearly <laughs> just you being nice. But that's... Hey, there's more to this question, but does that does that ring true for you as a bit I'll of a math right spot? I know exactly what he means, and it's going to be hard to articulate it, um, but I'll give it a go. But I actively avoid it. So what he's talking about is in mathematics and science in general, there is a right and a wrong answer. There's a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things. When you compare that with like the arts, English art, other stuff, that's totally the opposite. That's why in a maths exam, if you get the answer right, you get the marks. In English, you, there's no right answer. You just have to convince the reader that you're explaining things in a convincing way. And I know that's a bit clunky the way I've articulated that, but anyway. So what he's what I think he's getting at is with some joke writing, it can really appear that you're going, I'll say A, then I'll say B, and then that'll make C funny, which is essentially a mathematical formula. But I, as often as possible, try and avoid doing stuff like that because I think you get too much in a rhythm and audience's subconscious brain gets onto stuff like that rather quickly. And I get bored of it. So I try and make myself as least formulaic as possible. But it's definitely evident. And I, I definitely see it in other comedians a lot where they've gone. Like the one of the things that I do every now and then, but I hate when a comedian does four or five times in a set, is when they'll go, blah, 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 blah. That's like, blah, 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 blah. And they do something that it, it, it it's just similes, but it's it's so formulaic. Oh, my so God. It's go, also a very old, hacky way of... Like, Lee Evans made a career of doing that stand-up of like, I saw someone doing something like this. I mean, you wouldn't do that in this situation. You're like, in the, in the early 90s, that was Ripper. But things have yeah. changed. Yeah. It's it's just fucking... It's like people will go, my mate puts a condom on, but he, he'll cut a hole in the end so that he can still feel it. That's like going out with an umbrella and not putting it up. That sort of shit. Yeah. It's like... Well, he's made the item redundant. That's like making an item redundant. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's a, it's, That's what he means, though. That's what he's yeah. getting at. But I think what he's talking about, if you... We had a question from Colin Pugh along the similar lines that, that just made me think of this question. Colin Pugh asked, what's your view on one-lighted comedians like Tim Vine or Gary Delaney and Stuart Francis? Uh, I really enjoy, like gags he says i love shit jokes but i like joke jokes and the the, uh, the question from kieran made me think of colin's question because i think guys like tim vine gary delaney Stuart francis who write proper jokes with wordplay and structure are far more likely to adhere to a sort of algorithmic style of writing because there's yep. a bit more science in it it's less it's a bit like an uh, like a, a musician who is an incredibly technically gifted musician but can only play what's on what's on the paper you know like what's what's written out where there's like there's a Jimi Hendrix who just fucking feels it i think this scientific approach to joke writing very much suits the one liner guys it does and i really 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 love a one liner comedian for 5 minutes yeah. Like, 
I, I'm not slagging them off because they've got a skill that I absolutely haven't got. Gary Delaney writes jokes to a level that blows my mind. He's phenomenal and I'm jealous of his ability. I can't watch him for more than five minutes. And it's not because the, the sixth, seventh and eighth minute is any worse than the first five. I just get bored of formulaic stuff personally. And I understand that some people adore it. Anthony Jeselnik is the one exception to this. Anthony Jeselnik, I can watch an hour of, and I don't know why, but I, I, it's just something about the way he delivers it, something about the way he does it. Um, but even Stuart Francis, I think he's brilliant, but I, I just, with one line of jokes, when it's feed line, punch line, for the first five minutes, I really love it. If Gary Delaney puts a clip on Facebook, I watch it. I watch five minutes of it. But that, like, once that's done, I would never buy a ticket to go and watch a one-liner comedian for an hour, personally. No, I mean, yeah, maybe maybe one of the absolute best guys, but it's very telling that when you say, who are the best one-liner comedians? You mention, like, the five that are really good, and then you're like, and everyone else is not very good, because there are a lot of bad open spot one-liner comics, and one-liner comedy, when it's done anything but brilliantly, is fucking cringy, isn't it? When it's Gary Delaney or Stuart Francis or even Julian Dean, who is lesser known than these guys, but he's, I love watching Julian oh, Dean. And he's a, he's a great one-liner comedian. He is someone else I can watch. I can watch him for 20 minutes. And I think it's because I very, very, very rarely see where Julian's going. Yeah, 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 yeah. With a lot of one-liner comedy, I go, right, I see what's coming here. And it's brilliant. And I wouldn't have thought of it. But now that you've given me the feed line, I know where it's going. Julian's jokes are so out of left field. I, I, yeah, Julian's fantastic. He makes me laugh a fucking lot. And he does a podcast called Two Vegan Idiots with another comedian called Carl Donnelly. And the podcast is not a vegan podcast, not about being vegan. They just both happen to be vegan. And me and Dan, we mentioned this a few weeks ago, but we were both a guest together. We did a, have a weird two vegan idiots crossover on their stream. So go and check them out and listen to the episode we done because it was funny as fuck. He's, they're both amazing guys. I prefer Julian Dean. Be, I can't quite sum it up, but Julian Dean's jokes are the kind of jokes comedians tell to each other. Yeah. Whereas Tim Vine is the kind of <laughs> he writes the kind of jokes that your like father-in-law tries to tell you at Christmas. Yeah. And I... My granddad used to tell the same joke every single Christmas and we'd all laugh because it was so funny that he did it for fucking 20 years in a, in a fucking row. Maybe that's where you get it from. <laughs> why, why, why do crabs walk sideways? Because they do like to be beside the seaside. <laughs> Man, that's every beautiful. Christmas dinner, he'd whip that out as if he never told it. And we're like, Grandad, do you not remember? Like, you had the spoon the exact distance from your face at the same time last year. Do you not realize? Is there no fucking deja vu flashback here for you where you're like, hang on, I'm, what? Is this not exactly the same? I've got a joke. You've never heard this one, kid. Why do crabs walk sideways? I don't know, Grandad. Oh, no. But all they do like to be beside the sea. Good on him. And that's not even a dad joke. That's a granddad joke. Like, dad jokes yeah. are just shit. Granddad jokes yeah. are like, 
shit, but you really love them and you know they're not going to be telling the joke for much longer. <laughs> it's a different... Like, dad jokes, like, I could have 30 more fucking years of this. Granddad jokes, like, I do like to be... And you're, like, crying while he's telling it, like, maybe I'm only going to hear this twice more. <laughs> oh, God. Um, have I told you what happened when I went to see me granddad for, like, one of the last times when he had dementia? Go on. So, me, me granddad had this... Oh, God. ...form of dementia where... Essentially, his brain was 15 years ago. Yeah, that so, happens a lot. So, when I went in to see him with me dad, right? Me dad doesn't look that much different than he did 15 years ago. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, he recognised me dad straight away. But I was 25 at the time. So, in me granddad's head, I'm a 10-year-old, right? Yeah. So, I walked in with me, with me dad's. And he goes, all right, Mick. Uh, this is me mum's dad, by the way. And me mum had already passed it this time. She goes, all right, Mick. And I walk in and he goes, eh, listen, lads, I haven't had me dinner yet today, you know, and it's getting on here. Like, I'm really hungry. And I went, what? And he went, aren't you the kid that works here? And me dad went, no, Vinny. Sorry, mate. This is this is Adam. It's your grandson. And he went, is it? And he looked me up and down and went, he's put some fucking weight on. <laughs> Man. When Funny. when old people get like a bit Alzheimer's, bit dementia, they really stop giving a shit about your feelings. <laughs> my nana, mid conversation, just stuck a finger in my belly and went, Well, that's getting big. Cheeky <laughs> <laughs> fucking uh, and uh, it's a it's a trope in comedy about like, oh nana and granddad, they say racist things. But my nana was one of the most like loving and accepting people ever. She was such a busybody, but she didn't have a malicious bone in her body. She had no time for racism or any of that. Like it, she was, she, I mean, towards the end there was some some moments like when when me and my sister were there with my uh, nephew, and he was only two or three, and he was watching like CBeebies, and one of the shows on CBeebies is called Something Special. And it's got like kids with learning difficulties on and special needs. And my nana just turned to us and went, Oh, there's there's a lot of mungos on television, isn't there? <laughs> and you're like, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. But then towards the end she was in a home and she had uh she was just losing it and she looked after my granddad who had proper dementia. She was just losing it a bit and she was getting pissed off. And there was a guy that worked there called Malik at the old people's home. And he seemed lovely, but she was just getting pissed off with life. And he was a big character and she took against him. And because she was nearly 92 and he was black, she made it about his skin color. And it was really like sad to see. And I desperately thought I should have just let it ride because it's not like she's the MP for fucking Preston. She's like 92 and he got it. He was like, that's fine. She just gets a bit annoyed. But she was like, he's he's this because he's black. And you're like, no, it's not, Nana. It's because you're old and pissed off. She's like, well, it's disgusting. He's, a, he's an idiot. I was like, right. He's like, he lived in Blackpool, just about 10 minutes drive down from St. Anne's. St. Anne's and Blackpool, very, very different. They've got a crappy airport in between. St. Anne's see themselves as much better than Blackpool. She was like, well, he's from Blackpool. It's full of them. 
<laughs> I went, what do you mean? She was like, it's full of blacks. I was like, Nana, it's just objectively speaking, it's definitely not. I don't know if she'd got confused. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't, it's ri- Blackpool is white. Like, it's like, it's like, pasty white it's well. pasty white. You're fine, mate. They're not worried about ethnicity. They're trying to find heroin about 40% of them. I don't know if it was that she genuinely got to point. I think it was because he was black and he'd said he was living in Blackpool. Or if she was sort of in her state making the place name something that it wasn't, like Blackpool or... but. So I fought it because I was like, Nana, this... I wanted to go like, Nana, this isn't you. You're not this person. So I was like, Nana... It's not. It's not full of any. It's really not. It's Blackpool. I'm telling you. I've driven through it. I know it's such. She was like, it is full of them. I went, right. Do you want to go for a drive? She went, right. I went, I'm going to prove to you that it's not. I bet we don't see anyone that's not white. And I'm. this is a totally true story. On a beautiful, sunny winter's day, I got my 92-year-old nana, stuck her in my car, and we drove from St. Anne's to Blackpool looking for black people. I'm not even joking. <laughs> and and I was, it was the weirdest thing because as we drove there, she was fuming with me, by the way, because I'd like, I'd confronted her. We got a bit short with each other as much as we love each other to bits. She's the best. She was like pissed off with me for not just going along with her. And I was like, I'm sick of this bullshit. She drove, I've never seen her, a 92-year-old, it was like she was ready to jump out of the car. We drove around Blackpool in front of the Pleasure Beach, and I swear to God, she nearly had her head out the window like a dog in the wind. She was dying to see someone we saw. We just literally, we saw her, it was winter in Blackpool, so you saw about 15 people, and they were all white. And I have, this sounds so weird, I've never been so pleased to see all white people, to just be like, Nana, what the fuck are you on about? Then as we were driving out, she was really pissed off. And we, dr- we drove around and then we drove back towards St. Anne's. And I was waiting to say it. So I was like, wow, this is going to be so good. I went, Nana, it's- I didn't see any black people. She just went, it's out of season. <laughs> and then we didn't. No, we didn't speak. It's out of season. We didn't speak to each other for the rest of the drive back. What she means is, as soon as the Pleasure Beach is open in April, oh my God, the immigration will happen then. They'll be coming off the boats to ride the Pepsi Max big one. What a load I of she shit! Meant, like it's out of season for black people. <laughs> they're, hi- they're hibernating. It's winter. It's got cold. They don't like cold. They're like bears. <laughs> it's open season in Blackpool, but it's not what you think. It's not. It's not like you know, <laughs> Canadian hunting well, season. Black people were like fucking hedgehogs. You just don't see them for the fucking winter months. Honestly, look at him. There he is, Malik with his nuts. It's October. Oh God. Do you love podcasts? Have you always wanted to do your own, but you don't know how? Well, here at Lightwork Studios, if you've got an idea for a podcast, then we want to record it and record it well. Whether you're doing your first podcast or you've been doing it for years, we think all podcasts should look and sound as good as possible. And with prices starting from £30 an hour, we are by far the best priced professional podcast studio in London. We've got three HD cameras, six top-of-the-range mics, and a sound technician on hand to make sure that all you have to focus on is talking. We can have the recording edited and sent to you the very same day. Find us at lightworkpodcasts.com so we can help record your next podcast.
Send in your questions and suggestions to haveawardpod at gmail.com. Let's crack on with this nonsense. Should we delve into our notebooks then? Instead of doing it, have a word today. Honestly, I think so. I think it'd be great. So for those who aren't on our Patreon um, page, not a Patreon of the pod, what we've been doing every now and then on the Patreon episodes is me and Dan go through our old and new notebooks. And if we've got an idea that we've had for a joke, we sort of just tell each other it. And some of it's absolute dog shit. Some of it might be funny at some point. But essentially, we just want to give you a window into where these 10, 15, 20-minute routines we end up with, they can come from a stupid fucking nugget or something that seems so offensive or really bad and a shit thing to say in the first place. And what we're sort of looking to do is we're going to just fire a few things at each other. Some of them will be laughing going, this is an old bit and it never worked and blah, blah, blah. Some of it will be stuff we've come up with this week. I've got a couple of things I'll run by Dan. And you might think that's never going to be funny, but then maybe in a year you'll come and see me or Dan on tour or come to a Have A Word live show and you'll see what these routines end up becoming. You'll be like, I fucking remember him doing that on the podcast for the first time. This is our little right club. And there's only two rules of right club. The first rule is you don't make a hack joke about right club. And the second rule (laughs) is you do make a hack joke about right club. The second rule is just keep your fucking ideas to yourself. If we're back out of shutdown in two months and I'm doing a bit like, hey, if Adam's got a bit like, I remember one time with my nana, she was talking about uh, Blackpool and black people that live in Blackpool. And I remember saying to my nana, I was like, mm, <laughs> the fuck did you get that? I pulled out a notebook at random from, didn't even know when it was from. And it is from exactly 10 years ago. Mwah. I'm going to go old school. You go new school. I'm eight days away from my 10-year comedy anniversary as well. Happy birthday to you. What will you do to celebrate? Fuck all. What have you got? Um, 5th of October, 2010. Um, I actually wrote out all my uh, working material. And honestly now... What? How the fuck was I making a decent living from this? <laughs> I've, I've actually, I'm such a bell end. I, I quite, I keep quite detailed notes, and I call, I've called this bit working material. <laughs> working material. This is material that works. It's a, it's C plus to B minus minimum. Um, I, uh, I, it's much funnier when you uh, just find like the new bits. The new ideas. Oh, where are they? Oh, go on. You do one of your new bits, and I'll find my. Uh, I'll find my stupid. Didn't work out. So I know I'm gonna sort of. By the time we're gigging again, I reckon I will have lost two stone since me last gig. So I want to sort of mention that. And what I've noticed is, I get pissed off when strangers don't know that I've lost weight. <laughs> like. When you lose two stone, everyone you haven't seen for a while is like, oh my God, you've lost so much weight. You look amazing. And you get so used to people doing that, that when you meet a stranger or like after a gig, if someone comes up to you and they don't say that to you, I sort of get pissed off. Like, are you not going to (laughs) reference how good I look? But to them, I'm still fat. (laughs) 
to them they're just like he looks like he could do it losing a stone or so but they don't realize how bad shit was <laughs> six weeks ago <laughs> do you know what i mean i like it it's fucking funny how how thin do you want to get that's the thing is like when you lose weight once you've achieved anything you're like no but i can do more i can keep I want to get going down to 13 stone in the end yeah i'm currently 15 stone two at the risk of repeating myself what Deliso Chaponda said to me when he saw me after I'd lost three and a half stone was like wow if you were African we'd just assume you had AIDS um, and he could say that because he's African breathe in breathe out can we just say we've got a, an anonymous question for he's put question for Mr. Dightingale don't know what he's on about if you could grow your hair back at the expense of Adam never losing weight and remaining at a voluptuous and juicy size, would you do it? <laughs> Thanks, Anonymous. I don't know. Yeah. I'm sorry, Adam. You don't Adam. care about my weight more than you care about your own hair. Genuine thing I've written, because I'm piling weight back on. I'm real. I, I, I went... I've been wearing shorts so much, and I wear, like like you know cycling shorts like running shorts underneath my running shorts so that just because I've just got in the habit of doing that from when I was running so you never ever feel chub rub because you have lycra underneath your shorts I wore jeans the other day or forgot to wear the the, <laughs> the cycling shorts and I felt my thighs just oh just chubbing next to each other that's the level it's getting to like it's coming back seriously it's coming back and I, I'm starting to think my wife wants it this way. I think she wants me fat. I think I'm funnier when I'm fat. I think I'm better at stand-up when I'm unhealthy. I think my material's funny. And I think she knows it. And me being slightly chubbier is directly related to the income coming into this house. I feel like I'm, I'm living with a feeder. She's like, it's all right, darling. You're okay. No, I don't want to have sex with you. Have another cherry bake while you big fat fuck. I think she knows it. So I'm... As you're writing material about losing weight, I'm going to start rewriting stuff about putting weight on. How's that? Okay. Yeah. Maybe sorry. we could swap stuff. If you've got any skinny jokes, I'll give you my fat stuff. You can have all the stuff that's on me special. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> um, Jade told me I've got to lose weight because she's worried that I'm too fat to sleep. Um, This is not even... A routine. This is true. <laughs> Sounded like a routine. I was like, this one's going to be a, a mathematical algorithmic joke. Maybe it will end up being a bit, but genuinely. So she was worried I was like developing sleep apnea mm. because occasionally when I was asleep, like me fat would be clogging me neck up because I'd like sleep. I'd have like me arm like under that. me pillow. Mama like that. Mm, under me pillow. Like this. Right. And I'd sleep like that and it would push like me fat from me tits up into my neck. Oh. And she said occasionally she'd just be watching me and for like a minute I'd just stop breathing or she wouldn't notice me take a breath. And she said it's got better since I've started losing weight so I need to lose more so I can fucking breathe when I'm asleep. <sighs> Little skinny Adam like, ah, <sighs> <sighs> morning darling. Instead of like Adam drowning in his own fucking tits. How did he die? He suffocated in his own moobs. <laughs> oh, it's disgusting. Fat men sleeping. Oh, man. If you need a mask to be like, oh, you big fat fuck, your neck's drowning you. 
Oh, do you know my dad snored so badly? This is fucking brilliant because he's a big fat man as well. My dad is so committed to being fat, it's unbelievable. He's done Slimming World successfully several times, but in the end he's like, I just like bread and butter. He can't... He's like, I just struggle to eat anything that doesn't have butter on. I'm like, you, honestly, fuck me, that can't... And we were like, why don't you... I just drink a lot of wine and beer. I was like, Dad, why don't you drink some water? Just to break that up a bit. He was like, oh, I just can't quaff it. I just can't quaff it. If it's wine and beer, it goes down no problem. But water, I can't quaff it. I'm like, <laughs> me and my sister have been taking the piss out of that for four years. Oh, I just can't quaff it. Why don't you have bread without butter on? Oh, I just can't quaff it. I just need butter on everything. All right, he is... Oh, by the way, just you've reminded me of something. So... You know, I've been doing this health kick and I've I've been drinking a lot more water and eating a lot better. Yeah. And on the Patreon episode the other day, I told you I was constipated. Oh, did you go? I what? I don't think I am constipated. I think I'm just used to shitting six times a day. And my body is now on a regular schedule, so it's just like once a day will do. I poo once a day instead of six. <laughs> Mate, you're not constipated. You're just normal. <laughs> oh, Adam, that is unbelievable. Mate, I'm constipated. I've only shat twice today. I'm worried. <laughs> Have you got more control? Um, like maybe. I haven't really clocked it yet. But all right, well, just keep us informed. I, th- I don't think that's going to get anyone signed up to the Patreon, is it? Well, quickly, I'll give three, five, or ten pounds a month for Adam's poo updates. <laughs> My uh, dad actually went in for an operation because his snoring was so bad. And I've, like, we've been away together and ended up sharing rooms. We went to the Italian Grand Prix once, and we got a motel near Milan to watch the Grand Prix. He's so into Formula One. And it was one of the most stressful weekends of my fucking life, sharing a room with that. It's like, <laughs> the wall shaking as he snored. And my ste- like that when she's tired, you know. Oh, when Jade how snores, could she- someone's threw a fucking typewriter into a bin wagon. Jesus Christ. So my stepmom made him get his tonsils. Because apparently, if you have really flappy tonsils, that can that can affect your snoring. So people basically have the tonsils reduced to stop the snoring. And one of the side effects of that is that you have a slightly higher pitched voice for two days. If you want <laughs> some natural comedy, go round for tea at your big fat dad's house a day after he's had tonsil operation. Because when he answers the door and goes, "Oh, you're all right." <laughs> Let me sit down, Daniel. It's time for your dinner. <laughs> he didn't go Asian, though. He didn't go, they didn't say that much tonsil. Like, Hello, son. I'm, I'm so proud. <laughs> oh, can't quaff it. Can't quaff it. Oh, oh Christ. That was a really, really, really offensive, awful joke. Okay. You want to hear it? No. See you later. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Everyone listening went, yeah, boy. Give me that joke, boy. Uh, based oh, on a true story as well. Oh, Gigi. This is so bad, and I don't know whether I'll ever... I don't know whether I... I'm quite dark on stage, but I think this is too far for me. So, um, I had sex with a pregnant woman once. Right. Right? And the baby in it wasn't mine. Um, Certainly not before we started. Am I right? <laughs> That's nothing new. Um... And people say it's weird that I'd fuck a pregnant woman when the baby's not mine. And I'm like, why? And this is based on a real conversation. They're like, well, what if you come and some of it goes on the baby? Right? I was like, well, firstly, 
that's a horrible thought and it's weird that your brain went there and I don't condone coming on unborn babies I think you should be at least born before someone comes on your face like at least bare minimum you should be born but secondly Jesus if I was going to come on an unborn baby oh my god I'd much rather it not be my baby I'd rather it be a baby I never have to see again <laughs> What do you reckon? Are you, when you get when you get in the kid uh, christened, Adam, straight away, fucking straight away, straight to the church, the our vicar, the our vicar, and we bless him in the name of Christ. Keep that going. Keep the a little bit more. Here's some here's some Sanex. First person to put fucking shower gel in the holy water. <laughs> no more dick tears. Oh. Awful, isn't it? Adam Vincent Rowe. <laughs> there is no following that. <laughs> oh, bye, Felicia. Oh, mate. That has been that has been a great pod. I have really loved that. Um Yeah, have a look at the merch haveawordpod.com go and have a little look at that 3PMP and um, Adam it's been a pleasure have a lovely weekend you too lid good luck cooking the dinner tonight oh. Chef Daniel oh yeah and I won't my baby <laughs> marvellous oh oh we've got a song this oh, yeah, is a bit of hip hop bit of UK hip hop we've had loads of since we've played our first bit of UK hip hop we've had so many so many songs sent to us this is uh by an artist called Complex C-O-M-P-L-E-X search him out it's from Herefordshire Hereford it's like these things are just not meant to be he's a hip hop artist from fucking Hereford isn't it <laughs> and the song's called Where We Came From enjoy have a great weekend bye That's how I got down Sounds stupid but that's how me and my friends used to fall about No need to video it for Insta or Facebook live it all out Just a bunch of teenagers hanging out being crazy and dumb But it's similar to now cause I'd be the first to lie to my mum Sorry ma, yeah that was me, I wasn't a good kid you thought I'd be Stupidly thrown eggs at people on Halloween and flee the scene Never thought about a rap dream Just wanted to make the footy team to see my pops beat Score the winning goal to see that proud smile come out That's all I ever wanted, now he's gone but I can still hear him shout Watch out! There's more tackles to evade as you go for your life I'm 13 pops, I don't get this advice you're giving tonight Staring at me is like you don't get it but one day you'll see Toying Mrs B, ain't what I want from you G Take him back to the streets we were raised on Take him back to the estate where we came from Where we came from, where we came from Take him back to the curb where we
road home Raced on that estate back in LD1 Where the fun was Kirby 1 and 1 until it was gone 1 Play all day long even when the street lights come on Skip your chicken nuggets and waffles dinner the game ain't done Sitting on the bollards by my house just kicking it Another late game this is the life and I'm living it Snap back slanting and my do-rag on sight Still Dre on the iPod and I'm bouncing tonight Time for another win, go ahead and let's set it up Hit your curb, skip school, tomorrow we ain't getting up Couple more games, hold your own and don't bow out Life is one big game, man, I'm just playing it out In this Nintendo world, can't you see that I'm slaying it? Think I wanna sit for this exam when I'm failing it? That's a message to my teacher and I'm tired to keep saying it These lessons you think I need to learn? Save me, miss Take me back to the streets we were raised on Take them back to the estate where we came